Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and on this episode, we will be reviewing Girl in the Fireplace. This is from the 2006 series of Doctor Who, starring David Tennant and Billy Piper. So we are back another episode, and we have a friend joining us again. Nicole, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming back, leaving Terminus for a moment, the Terminus podcast, and coming back on with us. Yeah, you know, I like to kind of visit friends and stuff, So, and you guys I consider my friends. Oh, cool. Absolutely. And I'm going to get to where we actually got to meet you, but before (laughs) I say about that, I want to introduce my other co-host as part of this show. First up, Mr. Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Doing pretty well, man. How's it going? I can't complain. Can't can't complain. I know what's been going on with you, so I'm going to hold that question for just a moment. But also, (laughs) welcome back, Lee Shackelford. Hi, folks. Howdy, howdy. What's going on with you? Not much. Not much. Nothing going any (laughs) relative way or anything (laughs) into relativity? Oh, we are just about to put up the 25th episode of uh, Relativity, and uh, the, the, the new series is being well received and and i'm i'm just having a ball having a ball doing this one so me and clarence and elena and stephanie and uh yeah this most recent episode introduced a new character who is um who is uh, a computer so yes you know you know how i love a robot character so, anyway, so. <laughs> yes and if anyone listening does not so has know, nothing to do with our episode for tonight no it yeah, doesn't clock, but clock in, no, yeah. well, well, you know i exactly. guess that computer could be more like a clockwork type being exactly. so we could tie yeah. that in a little bit <laughs> but for anyone who is listening and it's like what in the heck are they talking what? about we are talking about the relativity podcast that lee is the writer producer and star of and also co-starring this third season our very own clarence brown so kudos both of you thank you yes yes nicole we actually got to meet you last month at hulanta yes yeah that was awesome live and in person live and in person we, and then you uh, then you went away to do twenty seven panels and we never saw you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what what is the exact met, panel count? I actually only had uh, four panels, so it wasn't too bad. But I was <laughs> at a lot of panels, so yeah. And then you met the person that you thought was me, who I actually <laughs> right. called later in the con, and I almost went up to her and said. You were mistaken for me, so I feel like we should know each other, but (laughs) I would have thought that might have been weird, so I just was like, no, I'm too shy, but I did see her on a panel, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see that, I can see that. Especially from a distance, when someone says, you know, we're talking about you, and we want to take a picture with you, and someone walks over to someone they think might be you, since we had not met you yet, so Kyle... (laughs) who doesn't hear well and doesn't hear them telling me that's not you assumes. <laughs> totally my fault. Totally my fault. <laughs> well, it's good to know I have a twin out there. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So, and she seemed cool. So it's good that it wasn't like an evil twin or anything or that I was the evil twin. I, I don't know. So. No, yeah. no, no. It was the yeah. mirror yeah. universe. Yeah. <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. Goal. So, Clarence, I said that we would get to talk about what you had been up to. So just recently, we went somewhere. And would you like to share where we've been? Yeah, we went to Con Castabros in Huntsville, Alabama. 
Yes, we did. And I was totally psyched because we got to take a picture with Jenny. Yes, yes, yes. It was awesome seeing Katrin Stewart, if I'm saying that right. She did correct somebody in her panel. But yeah, it was awesome meeting her and as well as uh, Mark Shepard. He's hilarious and his panels are very interesting. Uh, I think I think they rival John Barrowman, actually. He is yeah. a high-energy guy, is Mark Shepard. Yeah, he, yes. yes. So, so have either of you, Nicole or Lee, ever seen his panels? I haven't, but yeah. I have heard stories that he is very entertaining. So I can only imagine. <laughs> what about you, Lee? Okay. Yeah, he was at uh, Gallifrey one of the years uh, I was there. And, uh, yeah, he is, he is just a ball of fire. Um, well, the, uh, yeah, it sounds crazy that you compare him to a John Berriman, but it's it's not unfair. It's it's not unfair at all. No, John Berriman <laughs> definitely keeps you on your toes, and I think whereas he keeps you on your toes, I, and I'm not going to spoil for anyone who's not seen it where and what we're talking about, but he gets your attention. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be a good way to say it, Clarence? He gets your attention oh, yeah. at the very beginning. I'll just add, no one is safe and leave it at that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. That sounds a bit like Captain Jack, too. Yeah, that is say. true. <laughs> and I also, now I did not have the backbone to actually ask Mark Shepard a question, because like Clarence <laughs> said, no one was safe. But I did get to ask Catron uh, Stewart, you know, a question that was really cool. Yeah, I think I saw that. Was that on Instagram or something? I was like, oh, hey, it's Kyle asking you a question. Yeah, I, <laughs> you did put it on Instagram, didn't you? Yeah, yes, we mm-hmm. did post yeah. it there. Yeah. So if people want to see Kyle asking the question. Kyle asking the question. You feel like you're there. <laughs> <laughs> the question. And, and another thing on our Instagram uh, account that looked like really, really cool was Clarence did this slow frame, speed up frame picture thing of walking through the con. And we had actually several people messages saying that looked really cool. So go to, go to Instagram, look up discussing who follow us, of course, and check that out. Cause it does look cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. It was like mm. a walkthrough, but it kind of had a great yeah. energy to it. Huh. But in time-lapse. Yeah. But it would <laughs> speed up and slow down. And huh. I, yeah. I haven't seen that. You, you should mm. go see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun since I didn't get to go to the con. Yeah, me neither. I had to live vicariously through you guys. <laughs> well, so, Kyle, do you want to tell everyone where they would actually go to see that? They could go to Instagram.com slash Discussing Who. All right. <laughs> Makes sense. So we also got to see our friends uh, from the ESO Network. They were there and they had a uh, table. We got to say hi to them as well as the folks from the 20 megabyte Doctor Who podcast, Kirby Bartlett Sloan, Jason, and uh, I got to go and participate in their panel, which was being recorded as a podcast at the same time, which was really, really cool. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah, I've been on their podcast several times. They're, they're really fun guys. <laughs> yes, they and, are. And a girl is also, um, well, actually two girls, but they weren't there, I'm sure. Because one's in England, and I think one is in New York or somewhere. She's out of town. So so they were recording it live on Facebook. And, uh, Lee, you made a comment about, uh, I believe, look at Kyle looking really thoughtful or something on Facebook. 
I said, you look really smart in that picture. <laughs> so, Clarence, would you like to share what was really going on in that picture? Um, you couldn't hear, I believe. Yeah. Maybe you should tell it. I think you said you couldn't no, hear. No, th- no, that was it in a nutshell. I wasn't looking smart. Uh, <laughs> Kirby had turned around the smaller, I think it was a, a, well, I don't know if it was a computer. It was a small, like a ThinkPad or something. And he had turned it around so that everyone could hear Adam speak. Well, the absence of everyone else hearing really well when Kyle couldn't hear very well. So that (laughs) thoughtful look was actually Kyle going, okay, crap. I hope they don't ask me something. Oh, crap. I hope they don't ask me something. Now everybody can hear but me. The confusion. But that's when you fake it till you make it. You you try to look intelligent. Everyone thinks, oh, he's really smart. But, you know, you just don't know what's going on. But, you know. You just strike the thinker pose, you know, exactly. as one does. Right. Yeah. Huh. Whip out no, the brainy specs. <laughs> yeah. Had you not told us that, we wouldn't have even known. We would have thought, wow, he is a smart guy. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But uh, I do want to, before we move on, I do want to mention uh, we we did have an opportunity to talk with Matthew Kressel about Doctor Who, and we were on stage with him. And thank you again, Matthew, for allowing us to get on with you and do that actually in the main room. That was really, really cool. Uh, we got to see some great cosplay, particularly a guy that was literally dressed up as Davros from, <laughs> uh, from head to toe. I and saw that. Very, very cool. Yeah. And to Bonnie and the rest of the con production planners, you know, I've often heard people say how nice and how cordial the people at Con Castavros are. What they said was 100% true. Kudos to to them for being very welcoming and very cordial and just nice folks. Yeah, yeah. definitely. They're like a big family. I mean, I haven't been able to go the last two years because, well, last year I had surgery and this year I'm paying for the surgery. But they, like, check on me. They're like, hey, are you not coming? Are you okay? You know, most people, they don't care if you come or not. But (laughs) So I highly recommend that convention because it is. It's one big family. Well, well, one last thing before we move on about them is from I've heard through the grapevine that at the end of the con for their closing ceremony, uh, Bonnie got up and said something to the effect, I quit. And there was this, you know, like gasp from the audience. And it was a segue into their going back to where they used to have the con and focusing more on that family aspect of making sure that everyone enjoys their experience and her point was i'm quitting doing it like we're doing it and we're going back to focus on what we like to do so again kudos to them for having a great experience for discussing who this weekend and obviously for everyone else that attended so kudos so i think let's get into the news i have two pieces of news unless you guys have anything else and my first one is we mentioned briefly on our last episode that Twitch is streaming Doctor Who episodes from the classic era. I just wanted to be curious and see if any of the three of you have watched any of those since then. I have not. 
I haven't. I keep hearing so much good stuff that there is like this whole community that's being built up around it. And people are, you know, watching it for the first time and they're making friends. And yeah. I don't know. I feel really old because I have <laughs> no idea what Twitch is. And I went onto the website the other day and I'm like, okay, I need to look into this, but I still haven't figured it out. I need to like look into it because it sounds like a lot of fun. I think they're watching from the beginning. I'm not sure how it works. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Twitch can be a bit chaotic. I will give you that. Uh, but but just think YouTube that's gamer centric. At least it started okay. gamer centric. Yeah, but, Liz uh, Miles said it was ga- Liz Miles. She's on Verity. She said it was pretty gamer oriented generally. Yeah. And one of the main differences is it it uh, kind of puts a focus on the chat. So when you go to watch the videos, there's usually a chat window right beside the video. So it's kind of more focused on community interaction and chat along with videos. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, apparently there's already a lot of in-jokes from what I've heard. <laughs> oh, boy, I can imagine. Yeah, I I watched briefly one of the Hartnell episodes, and then I logged in as Discussing Who, and I was like, well, you know, I'll chat in. And I actually never chatted, but I did think, you know, that the chat was, like, a little chaotic, but it was fun watching people who you could tell we're really discovering Doctor Who because it was on Twitch and they had no idea what this was or they had heard of it. And they were like, oh, well, this is some old uh, TV show from the 60s. You know, oh, they sound British. Uh, Oh, they are British. Wow. So, yeah, I just assumed that people were there because they knew to go look for it there. So there were people who were stumbling on Doctor Who. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, there's um, uh, there's another podcast that's called This Week in Time Travel. Uh, Chip, who used to do Two Minute Time Lord, does that with Alyssa Frankie, who does Whovian Feminism. And they had a whole segment on it. I think it was their last episode. So if anyone's curious, <laughs> not that I'm saying like, you know, you listen to this podcast too because it's awesome. <laughs> but you know, if you feel like listening to another one, uh, it's the one about uh, fan videos. They they do a whole segment talking about it. So I learned a lot just from that. So if oh. anyone wants to learn <clears throat> that, that is a good tip because I I miss two MTL. I I loved 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 the two minute time lord. So oh me too. And, uh, and I've chatted with Chip just a little bit at uh, at Gallifrey. In fact, so um, good to, good to know that he's out there and doing something yeah it's um fairly new podcast i think it's been going less than a year but it, it's pretty good it comes out weekly and it's usually fairly short so not two minutes or you know really quick. <laughs> yeah. it's like a half hour or an hour at the most but ah. yeah <laughs> well i know he does a podcast about babylon 5 as well yeah but, i've uh, heard that yeah. yeah so well there you go the last piece of information or news that I have is recently it has been revealed that coming to Mississippi, and this may be to my knowledge, and as far as I know, the first time this has ever happened, to my knowledge again, we will have the a doctor, a real doctor, fifth doctor, Peter Davison, will be coming ah. to Mississippi on the Mississippi Gulf Coast for the Gulf Coast Fan Fest. That is in October, and you better believe it. We're going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the Fan Fest run by, helmed by the same people that run Pensacon. So a lot of good um, uh, people behind that convention. And, yeah, they're bringing in some heavy hitters. So, yeah, 
glad they're coming to Mississippi. Yeah, we've got like I know Tasha Yar, uh, you know Denise Crosby. I've seen. Yeah. There's several, several other big names. So yeah, that is really exciting. So that do, sounds really awesome. Do any of you guys have any other news that you know of that I've not mentioned, or anything you want to share for that matter? I wish we had more set leaks. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> yeah. I want to know something Doctor Who going on. Yeah, yeah they've been really good at keeping secrets about they the really have. series. They really, really have. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when you said, is there anything else new going on? I envisioned Jodie Whittaker, and I thought, wow, I wish I knew what she was doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we still don't have an air date, I don't think, uh, to my knowledge. No, other than I think sometime in October, but not sure when i know the jenny the jenny as far as the doctor's daughter audios came out i think it was this week and i keep hearing really good things about them on big finish but i haven't gotten them yet i've been too busy so Hmm. well let me ask that real real quick before we move on so nicole have you ever listened obviously i think you may have but have you ever listened to big finish I've listened to a few things. I wish I'd listened to more. It's just, it's so time consuming. I have like this massive backlog on my hard drive. I keep looking at it going, oh, (laughs) but I have like listened to things here and there. I remember um, back when David Tennant was a doctor, he's, he's not my favorite doctor, but he's my favorite actor. So I went and listened to every big finished story he'd even done, ever done. Most of them were before he was even the doctor. And uh, I actually like the Luther Arkwright one the best. That's that was from the comics. It that's not even Doctor Who. But anyway, I have listened to all those, and I have listened to some Eighth Doctor ones. And actually, one of my favorite companions, who's a comic book geek, her name is Izzy Sinclair. She was a Eighth Doctor companion in the Doctor Who uh, magazine comics in the nineties. She has one audio, like it's in the uh, in the company of friends series i think it's called um but yeah i've heard a few i wish i had more time to hear more i know some people listen to them driving but i feel like i need to really pay attention when i'm listening (laughs) so i feel like if i drove and listened to big finish it might be dangerous so yeah i i wish i had more time in the day because everyone i've heard has been well most of them that i've heard have been really good Okay, so my favorite thing you said there was, I, I feel like I ne- need to pay attention when listening. You didn't <laughs> yes. say when driving. <laughs> it's not just like an audio book. You, you have Thank all you. these sounds going on and plot stuff. And yeah, I mean, maybe if you're on a like a long drive, like a, a trip and someone else is driving, maybe. But yeah, yeah I don't know. know. Yeah, I That's been my that. experience with the big finish, too. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Good deal. Well, for anyone listening, it is now time to get into our review of The Girl in the Fireplace. So that means one thing. If you have not seen this episode, if you have not seen The Girl in the Fireplace, put us on pause. Go out, watch it in whatever method you want to watch it, because (laughs) be warned, from this point forward, spoilers. 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 So again, we are reviewing the girl in the fireplace. So I want to get some general thoughts from you guys of just an overview of what you thought of the episode. And Clarence, I'll start with you. 
general thoughts. What did you think? Hmm. Wow. Um, I thought the episode was fun. Uh, I, I really wouldn't rate it as like my highest <laughs> of the tenants so far, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And I do always like the time aspects of Doctor Who. That's one of my favorite things about it. And uh, definitely some timey-wimey going on in this episode. Lee, what about you? Uh, I really, really love this episode and was um, happy to see it again. Um, and for some reason, it's not one that I just revisit on my own often. So I was grateful that um, we that it turned up in our rotation. So we, we so that we had to watch it. Right. But um, yeah, I, I, I just love I love all the the character and plot ideas in it. And and and, and like Clarence says, it's um. The fact that it plays with time in a way that you know we we love most on the on our time travel show. So yeah, it's a well, lot of fun. Well, for me, this was one of those peculiar episodes that it's almost like it was forgotten. And what I mean by that was it's not one that I don't go watch strictly because I don't like it. It mm-hmm. was just one that I, for whatever reason, maybe because there's so many of them now or, or have been, that I just don't watch it. But I really enjoyed watching the, this. And it was almost like, even though I kind of knew the story, it was really f- had a feeling for me of watching it again for the first time. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same way. Yeah. So, yeah, this is definitely. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I, I want to p- point to you, actually, Nicole. That oh. I want, uh, and the reason that I left you for last is you actually commented that this was a story that you specifically wanted to come on and review about. So, c- just in a general thoughts overview, what was it that just kind of stood out for you on this episode? Um, well, as I said, this is definitely one of my big favorites. Um, and it's, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not a big Rose fan, so I don't watch a lot of series <laughs> one and two, but I do watch this story, not like all the time, you know, I, I have a life, but I, I do really <laughs> like the story a lot and I have seen it a lot. And I just think the way it plays with time, I just think a lot of the, uh, as Lee was saying, a lot of the plot elements are really interesting and they kind of tick my boxes. And one of the things I also really like that I kind of give is sort of like an elevator pitch, even though it's kind of a long elevator pitch. So it's a slow elevator, but is that I feel like this is the story is kind of a microcosm of the doctor companion relationship. You know, it's just all in, it's all sped up into one day because to the doctor, the people that he travels with is really only just like a blink in his life. I mean, it's really short. And so for them, it's this big experience. It's their whole life or like many years and they have this attachment and he's attached to them, but he loses them super quickly. And I just felt like this story kind of just condensed that down into what seems like one day. But to him, if you think about it, his relationship with other companions are probably similar where, you know, it's just, we're looking at it from a even smaller perspective. If that makes sense. (laughs) Makes good sense. It does. And I I have a major problem with this, with this uh, story that I'm sure we'll get into. And um, Nicole's perspective on this actually helps to explain it a lot. So that's good. Okay. So so no fighting, I hope. No, no, not at all. (laughs) I'm a lover, not a fighter. Okay. (laughs) That makes me curious. Now, 
what was that major problem that Nicole helped with? But well, at the risk of talking about the plot out of sequence, but I guess in this kind of story, it's kind of a free just walk, anyway, o- yeah. just walk over to the other side of the room and, and, and it'll be okay <laughs> right. to talk about it through, over there. I'll, I'll go through this different door over here where we already talked about it for a while, but is, isn't the doctor doesn't, isn't he, <laughs> he makes a choice in which he is leaving Rose and Mickey forever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So, OK, now I know Stephen Moffat has talked in interviews about the fact that he assumed that Rose and the doctor would use is it emergency protocol? I don't remember the emergency protocol, but it's the one that returns the TARDIS back to Desire. their home. Yeah. And he said he left that he edited that out because he assumed that was obvious. <laughs> but I find that that's a point that a lot of people have trouble with. I really think that even if that wasn't the case, when the doctor came up through time, he would have still went back to them. It just would have been for him. It would have been a long time for them. He would have probably just picked them up like, you know, maybe five minutes later. I really don't think he abandoned, abandoned them. And plus, I mean, he did need to save like a massive time events so it's it's like i don't know i mean i i feel bad for rose and mickey but i'm also like (laughs) i get it you know i mean that's his his i don't want to say job because it's not his job but But it is what he does but that's what he does and that's just he's the hero and he it would have been weirder if he was like oh yeah let's let time fall apart and everybody die and uh who knows what else like ramifications would happen you know the butterfly effect of all this (laughs) <laughs> so I, you know, it was all right, you know, but yeah. I, I see what you mean. I've seen both sides because I've heard it argued both ways. So I'm just talking about like how it hits me personally. Yeah. And as viewers, you know, that's, that's really what matters at the end of the day, but yeah. Um, and everyone yeah. sees it different. I mean, that's just the way we are as people. Yeah. And maybe the fact that Mickey was there with, with throws, maybe that made it a little more palatable. I don't know. She wasn't just by herself. But in any case, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying, because it, it is a hard sell that the doctor, after having gone through all these things with Rose, would just leave her there. But uh, all, all valid points. Yeah, I agree with you, Clarence. I Valid points, yes. But, you know, I I don't know if there was another scene other than the hitting the button to get back to to home. Maybe that that was what was supposed to explain it and would have made it okay. But I, I, I just that was the only thing that just rubbed me the wrong way was him leaving the TARDIS. It just seems so for me out of character for the doctor, even though, yes, you know, he he cared for her and he had you know seen her since she was a little girl and all that stuff. But it it just I don't know. There was just something that was a little out of character. Cool scene and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that, but just didn't quite sit right. with. I guess it sort of reminded me a bit of l- later on. Uh, I guess <laughs> I don't know if this is a spoiler because it's already aired. But, <laughs> you know, but anyway, with the uh, 11th Doctor where he stays on that planet Christmas or yes. whatever on his finale. And he just stays there for the, you know, the. uh the the long i don't remember what how they said it like the the long path or what the slow path that's what it was so and i feel like the eighth doctor also did that in one of his stories where he stayed for like a thousand years on a planet just to to help out i can't remember what that story is but yeah i could see it you know for him it's 
kind of no biggie. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I see, as, as I said, I see your problem with it, but I can also see it from his perspective. And it's kind of, it's one of those things like for the, I don't know if you know what I mean when I say doyalist and Watsonian doyalist means like the writer reason and yes. Watsonian <laughs> means like the in story reason, okay. the in story reason. I don't know what else he would have done. You know, I mean, he was kind of in a bind, but of course the doyalist reason is, well, why did Moffat put him in that situation <laughs> in the first place? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's tricky. <laughs> I don't know. It's, but it, it's good because it does spark dialogue about it. Because it is a complicated situation. You say, what What should he do? And it, it, sometimes the doctor has to make really bad choices. Or sometimes he just makes bad choices anyway. But sometimes <laughs> he has like a, a difficult decision. And I, I think in that situation, he made a good choice. But it is a, it is a hard choice. And it's kind of a yucky choice. And, and my, my issue with it, I guess, is not... Because I think all of that's true. I mean, he has to save Renette. He does. It the way it plays in the episode is that he does it without regret. He literally doesn't look back. Yeah, and, and that's what sort of I say. Hey, 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 hey. Rose and Mickey are still still there. And Mickey has the line where he says, "We can't fly the TARDIS without the Doctor." And Rose doesn't contradict him. Mm-hmm. So apparently, emergency program one isn't isn't any yeah. longer a thing. Well, I so. think. You know, he, in the moment, I think with the adrenaline, he doesn't seem to regret it. But you do have that scene right after he's saved everybody that he's looking up into the sky at the window. And he looks like he's sad. Like, he looks like he might be at that moment thinking, oh, God, what did I do? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So it's just kind of Uh, like maybe in the heat of the moment, he was like, this is a great idea. Let me do this. And then he's after work going. Oh, "Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe that was the best idea. But the idea that he's just going to wait until the 51st century comes around (laughs) had never that had never crossed my mind before. But maybe wait until he gets to the TARDIS somehow. Borrow it's in the 51st century. <laughs> yeah. Didn't yeah, Jack Hart like, do something similar? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He, oh, he just yeah. needs to run across another time agent or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Clarence, I think you're right because wasn't it in he, he somehow appeared in 1860. I think this was at the uh, first of Torchwood. And again, you know, spoilers, but uh, didn't he land many, many years before and realized, hey, I'll eventually catch back up to the doctor eventually. Yeah, I feel like it was like a good hundred years or more Mm -hmm. before he runs into him. Yeah, he's been around a good long time on the Earth before uh, Torchwood proper begins. Yeah, so Or maybe he could just run into another version of himself and say, hey, can I borrow the TARDIS for like five (laughs) minutes? I just need to get to mine. I'll bring it back. He doesn't have to live until the 51st century. He just has to live until 1963. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you, you mentioned that you mentioned him just running off with disregard to maybe Rose and Mickey. I find myself seeing Rose being in a, a similar situation. She was with school reunion where oh, yeah. there's this other woman who has smitten a doctor or has caught in his caught his affection in some form or shape or form and 
she's once again left standing with that weird look on her face. Yeah, and, and Mickey says it. He's, you know, he says, wow, Sarah Jane Smith. And now this. What are you? Yeah. yeah. And Cleopatra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He met her once. He called her Cleo. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, to be fair, I mean, it, it makes it makes no sense that she would not understand that he's as long lived as he is. That he hasn't traveled with other people and you know, everyone has exes. I mean, <laughs> this is part of her growing up. I mean, she's 19 years old. Yeah. It's, it's a reality check. It's like, this exactly. is what life is like, you know, as I'm older, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's obvious. Yeah. That's what happens. <laughs> so, and yeah, but yeah. Well, and and obviously I come from, you know, as far as relationship wise, I'm, I'm polyamorous. So I believe that people can love more than one person at once. So I don't think of it as a threat to their relationship. I think he really wanted to just bring Renette along and they, he thought they were all going to be a happy family on the TARDIS, which I, I can't imagine, but that's what he thought as a doctor, but to the extent he thought about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it does happen. I mean, just there's relationships all the time where people are happily married and they may meet this one person who, you know, that's my soulmate. But, you know, I might, <laughs> I might better stay away. But, wow, we have some chemistry. So, I mean, you know, it happens in real life. So, there you go. Yeah. yeah and, pe- and and people people change. And, you know, I... It's true. You know, I, I think that goes back to just looking, if we go back, to when we first started reviewing this, you know, show again from 2005, look at how much Rose and Mickey both have matured as characters. <laughs> Seriously, even yeah, even as yeah. uh, sophomoric and yeah. and 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 for lack of a better word, uh, petty that Rose kind of looks at times as the, with the jealousy. She has yeah. come a long way in the character because you can still see somewhere under that petty jealousy that there is an understanding that, you know, this is what I'm dealing with that I don't think she would have had at Rose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which I really love about her in this episode. I mean, a lot of um, Rose fans, at least, you know, on like Tumblr or wherever, they feel like she's out of character in this episode because they think she should be more jealous than she is but i actually like that she handles it pretty maturely you know she's not trying to pick a fight it's not about you know trying to be the better you know woman for the doctor or whatever it's like this is a crisis situation they're trying to figure things out she goes and talks to her she acknowledges that you know hey yeah i see why he likes you you're intelligent but you know it's it's not about petty feelings at that point you need to just you know get whatever done done and yeah. You know, put your feelings. I hate to say put your feelings aside. That sounds really mean. But I mean, but that's it's not the time or the place, you know. Yeah. And, and it allows for Mickey and Rose to have a bit of interaction themselves in a, in a much different fashion than what we've seen before. Uh, more less sniveling. <laughs> I guess Mickey's been doing better in the last few episodes, but you know, uh, he kind of like just goes on an adventure and you know, let's grab the ice guns and go parade around <laughs> the ship. Yeah, you get to see probably a look into how they were before the doctor came along. They have a yeah. very playful relationship. They've known each other, I think, since they were kids. You kind of get to see that more positive side of their relationship, which I, I really love. Yeah, agreed. 
Very good point, because I never even mm-hmm. thought about that of being before, you know, before the doctor, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Very good point of view. So, yeah, let me, let I mean, me, oh, go on. No, I'm I was going to ask you guys, what do you think about Renette as a character? You know, we keep talking about her, but what about her specifically as a character? What do, what do we think about her? She's a fantastic gardener. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I love her. She's like one of my favorite characters. And as far as like, I don't know, people always say girl fandom with shipping, but I totally <laughs> love her with the doctor. I mean, that is a couple that I am. I am there for. I am just there for that couple, but not even just in relation to the doctor. I love how intelligent she is. I love how she works out things. She even though it's it's stuff that should be beyond her comprehension, she still basically understands to some extent what's going on to the level that she can. And she's, you know, she keeps it together. I mean, yeah, she freaks out here and there a little bit. But for the most part, she's she's all right. And I, I think she is a really great character. Yeah, I have to say that when I remember that when the episode originally aired, that I thought, I wonder how much they've done to embellish the true you know, historical character of Madame de Pompadour, because she's somebody that I had seen depicted in other movies that I knew a little bit about, but not a whole lot. So the episode actually made me go read more about her. And son of a gun, she, this is actually a pretty fair picture of her. She was yeah. amazing. Yeah, she, she was really something else. Um, and so, yeah, it, it seems not incredible that this, that, that she in 18th century Versailles would, take all this stuff in and make sense of it and be able to figure out, you know, what it all means for her. It's just, just amazing. And, and there's an in joke here too, that I, I, I imagine a lot of uh, fans, especially in the UK, were getting that um, in the many, many stories of Casanova, one of his alleged lovers is Madame de Pompadour. Oh, so that's one of the reasons for doing a Madame de Pompadour show, because of course, David Tennant's series before this with Russell T Davies, yeah, I heard Russell was looking, uh, when he was looking into Casanova, he had read about Madame de Pompadour and kind of like earmarked that and said, ooh, I should put yeah. her in the story at some point. So it was probably so, him so that then when, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then when Dan yeah. and then of course you playing Casanova, the, then the real life yeah, years later. With, uh, with David and Sophia Miles, they, they met, well, okay, technically they met before on, um, I think they were on Foil's War together, but uh, Mm. David said that she sort of brushed him off. And then they met when they were filming and they got together. They dated like two years, I think. And Mm -hmm. you can see that chemistry. I mean, it is sparking off the screen. It's like, (laughs) oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. I was not surprised when I found out they were dating at the time because it was like, oh, yep, I see that. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It's all there. Yeah, I mean, I echo everything that um, Cole only said. Once again, we're in this historical type of episode, quasi-historical, I guess. And that I, I love those, how they kind of weave in with uh, fact versus, you know, this sci-fi show. I always love that. And I don't know. I mean, I echo everything you guys said, that the chemistry between those guys was very magnetic. Um, yeah, I just I just really enjoyed her portrayal. Yeah, I did too. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to second and third what everybody else has said. I just found that it was quite interesting because I did not know that Stephen Moffat had written it as I, when I first started watching it. And about halfway through, right before my internet dropped out last night, I went to <laughs> Wikipedia and I said, I want to see who wrote this and I'll tell you why. 
I was seeing Moffatisms every, starting to see them everywhere I looked. And it was like, yeah. Moffat, 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 Moffat. And I was like, okay, this has to be Stephen Moffat. And, you know, obviously, you know, I was right on that. But um, it's almost like you took the River Song, you know, story and where with River Song that happened across years and you got to see those chapters out of order and all just kind of ripped up and thrown into the air and fall where they may. With this story, you see those many chapters, not even a, you know, full chapters. You see the Cliff Notes version really briefly. And maybe, and I was thinking this while you guys were talking, but maybe the reason that the doctor was so inclined to jump on a horse and jump through the mirror was because he got caught up in the moment, literally, of seeing this being progress from a small child to a fully grown woman mm -hmm. all in the course of a day and all in the course of knowing in her long existence of years that have passed, she, like Amy, in a way, had waited for the doctor. And yeah. whereas many moments are passing for her, a single moment had really passed for him. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So you, you guys mentioned how how smart uh, Runette uh, was in this episode. And I totally agree. And I was wondering if it if that was actually a part of maybe some transference contact between the mind mill. The mind mill, yeah. Yeah, I just heard contact playing in my head as he contact, did the mind mill. I think it's stronger character writing if she is uh, super smart to begin with. And it's, it's a very you know pro-feminist uh, stance, too. So that's the way it's always read to me. I just thought that's how she is. And, and probably you have to have a, a certain um, fantastic intelligence to be able to assimilate telepathic contact with a Time Lord if you're a human. Right. So, and she's, she's shown as very inquisitive. So it made perfect sense to me when she said, you know, when she went into his head and said, you know, a door once opened is you can mm -hmm. go through either way. And I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. But, you know, so <laughs> Don't you it, love it, his surprise at that? Yeah, he was just, just he was like, what? <laughs> what are oh you doing? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it, it makes sense that she would figure that out because she was probably going, maybe I can try this. And not that yeah. she was trying to push into his brain necessarily. It was just yeah. it makes sense that she's just trying to figure things out. You know, well, obviously smart and obviously having high ambitions. I loved how they mentioned that, you know, their their country is a very progressive country and a, a <laughs> king can have a mistress and she can mm -hmm. have a the, the part of the palace. She can, everybody knows who she is and the queen is fine with it. You know, that's just how it is. Yeah, that's just how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Different planet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, because. Rose is all like Camilla. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good, good one. A joke that I think I did not get at the time, actually. So, oh, actually, that reminds me. Since I've just come back from there, my head is still buzzing with the British accent and British slang, and so that's one of the things that jumped out at me is the expression of "winding you up." Oh yeah, and, uh, I had forgotten that. about the pun on that. And so, There's so many good lines in this. That's definitely one of my favorites. All right, so so explain "wind me up." Because then I will. I want to comment on the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, good. Because that, that's the other one. Um, yeah, we, we'd say pulling your leg. 
And over know. there, and over there, they say uh, you're you're winding me up. Meaning, yeah, or they'll say uh, it's a wind up. It, or it's something. a wind up. Yeah. yeah. So it's great to say to a clockwork man, I'm not winding you up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in that case, it has two meanings. And yeah, actually, out in the wild, when I was when I was over there last, I did hear somebody say, "Dear me, you've had some cowboys in here." And um, yeah, which does mean somebody has come in here and run yes. all over this has messed everything up yeah, you, yeah you've had you've had a workman who didn't know what he was doing exactly yeah yeah so dummy here uh didn't think that that's what that meant and he actually thought that the doctor was saying wow you've had a lot of gentlemen friends <laughs> well i, I think it, it's a sophisticated enough script that i think that could also be <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't trying to go there, but uh, no, I, I, I don't think that I don't think that's uh, out of bounds at all. I think that may that may have that the double entendre there may have been the intent because uh, um, yeah, because think about it, people in the states wouldn't have gotten shot. that. No, no, yeah, or the winding you up joke. I think. So let me ask you guys this, and I, as this is something that I'm curious about: the clockwork being. Obviously, they were there as the fall of the episode, the adversaries of the episode. But my question becomes, or is this, were they really bad per se? Just doing their jobs. Yeah, I mean, they weren't malicious. They didn't mean anything. They just were. Yeah, they just. <laughs> I love the whole thing about the fact that the ship is named after her. And, and even the, uh, like the Doctor and Rose and Mickey never find this out. They never mm -hmm. find out why it is the but, last shot of the episode yeah and i love that that's i mean it's it's dark but yeah. i can see that it makes sense you're like oh yeah that's gross but that's kind of makes sense which i love i love that moffat went there in the story because you know you see the heart <laughs> and the eye and you know and they say someone's cooking which of course has a double meaning once you figure out what's going on oh that's because someone is cooking, is cooking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes. sunday roast <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they, they would have taken her brain and installed it in the ship which, and it wouldn't have done a damn thing for them of course <laughs> no they, but they <laughs> were stuck have... and desperate and you well, know even even that wouldn't have solved their problems so but yeah. yeah, because it's a robot character, of course, I, I just it's one of the things I love about the episode, of course. Yeah. And um, so I've, I've always loved the clockwork guys, uh, although I guess it struck me this time since they are actually it would be easy to remember that these guys were made in 18th century France. And that's why they're clockwork men. But they're not. They were made in the 51st century. <laughs> they're made to play this. So why are they clockwork men? <laughs> but, you know, and it's another one of those things where I am sure that's just a plot hole. Moffat famously doesn't care about plot holes like that. And I love them so much. I don't care either. Yeah, I think it was based on, uh, I think they were inspired by the Turk from yeah. Victorian times. Exactly. Like and I think that's kind of what they were going for. But it's so subtle. I, I I mean I don't care. I mean the character design. I mean they yeah. they were gorgeous. I mean when the yes. doctor's saying you are beautiful, I'm like yes, <laughs> yeah. oh my yeah. god. <laughs> yeah. And I For love sure. how they had emotion. The way they would sort of turn their head and look kind of like look down, and you kind of felt like they didn't have any face, but you felt this sort of sad, and you know mm -hmm. it was it was so well done. I was very impressed with that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so any face that doesn't move like that uh, when, when it's threatening <laughs> you is, you know, that's a, yeah, that, that always works. And, I, um, 
So and, no, well, go ahead, Clarence, because I'm looking up something. While so 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 I'm going to be quiet for a second because I want to find something. So go ahead. No, no, I was just going to add that it also reminds me a lot of um, Smile from Capaldi's last season, mm-hmm. and you know the the robots, totally different type of robots, but in Smile the robots were thinking they were fixing or doing the right thing. Yeah, that's right. So it's sort of a, sim- a similar thing here where we have these clockwork robots um, kind of, you know, trying to fix the ship at all costs, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Kind of and they came back and was it Deep Breath that they were they were in there again? And they they had a reference. I can't remember what the, the ship's name was in that, but the doctor did say, I wonder, this seems so familiar. And I'm like, ah, I'm the fireplace. <laughs> but yeah, and, and in that, they were using body parts and stuff too. Yeah. So that just seems like their default setting. <laughs> Somebody programmed them really bad. Yeah. And that yeah. poor programmer, he was probably really upset because I'm sure he got killed. You know, yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> just I, abused. I, I, are they really bad or really good? Because they are doing their jobs. They are pretty, <laughs> yeah, pretty good yeah. at it. Yeah, <laughs> to a fault. Yeah, <laughs> I will say this because because what I was trying to look up, I I was pretty sure that the clockwork people, and I was trying to find a year of when Deep Breath occurred, not whenever it was aired, but you know during the story. And I'm not seeing you know what particular year, but it's obvious that they're the you know the same clockwork type being yeah 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 who knows and, and, and it's times like these you're thankful for asimov's laws uh, <laughs> <laughs> <sorry. Yeah. sighs> so what do we think so let's just kind of you know cut to the chase here and we get to the doctor literally being excited of you know taking renette and bringing her onto the tardis and he uh you know goes so far as to she has taken the fireplace and had it brought to the palace and it's still burning and he you know realizes that he can go through did you guys notice anything about the fireplace before he went through and after he came back through mm-hmm. at the side did not right. i know it was just very dark in the room and uh, obviously the 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 furniture changed but and well, the fire was out well go so back fire out at the end so i don't know so go back and look and it could have been nothing more than lighting it could have been you know the actual painting of you know the walls it could have been the fact that it was night but go back and look when he goes through the the walls are a color of like uh green and yellow or yellowish orange and when he comes back through the the walls are either blue and white almost with a tartish kind of feel huh which I, th- which I thought was co- you know kind of interesting yeah it is hmm. uh directed by eros lynn who always lit the tardis so maybe that was not intentional but sort of like subconsciously intentional right. or something so what do we think of that ending that somber ending or when did you guys realize you know hey he's gone back through she's been waiting and now she's dead hmm i was Felt they played a little loosey goosey with the time when he goes back and forth across the divide. Um, you know, and this is one of the cases I felt like they kind of pushed it forward for plot purposes, which that's fine. Um, but it felt a little off to me. Um, but you know, um, it very definitely a very sad moment. 
when he gets back and, you know, he's a little too late, which you would think the doctor would think about that when he says, I'm going to pack your bag. I'm going to run right quick over here and come right back. You know, it's kind of like, come on, come on, doc. Yeah. Well, we learned in Doomsday he's not good at time management. You know, when he he disappears too soon from the beach, you know, he's he's not good at that. (laughs) Uh, I'll do you one better. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, hello, Amelia. You know, I'll be right back to get you. And he comes back in what eight years? It's an adult. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's not so good at that. I don't think he means to be. And in in the case of the, the fireplace, it's faulty and. You know, yeah. whatever. I think, and I yeah. think, in his excitement, he's not even thinking about the fact that he's going to be a minute. But yeah, and he cleared him you know, historically, so that means he would know she's she has tuberculosis. She's going to, right. you know, he knows that her clock is ticking. <laughs> I, I just said that, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, but yeah, so yeah, I, I but I do I buy for story purposes that he 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 he's not thinking about that right now. Yeah. And they have to have a way. I mean, it's really sad, but they have to have a reason for him to not take her with him at the end of the episode because yeah. you're kind of up to that point. You're like. Oh, how's this going to work? Is she really going to travel on the TARDIS with everybody? And, you know, that's going to not go well, you know, but then they, she dies and that, but I think that's perfect for his character because, well, he's the angsty doctor, but also, as I said, (laughs) the whole microcosm of his life. That's how he, how it is. He loses people before he's ready to lose them. I mean, we all do, but in this case, you know, he, tried to go back for her she was she had passed away and he was just a little bit too late and i mean that letter is just like that whole scene with the the over dub with the letter i'm just like oh my god i was crying again i'm like i've seen this a million times why am i crying but um you just feel so bad for him because that's the doctor he just loses everybody and you know i hate to focus on the negative but i mean ultimately that's him he loses people and Yeah. Yeah. Runette says as such. She says, you know, a lonely little boy. (laughs) Yeah. Lonelier now. Yeah. Even lonelier now. The whole lonely God thing. Wow. This episode did one single thing for me. And it just reminded me of why I love David Tennant as the doctor. (laughs) And I'm not ashamed to say it. I absolutely love the 10th doctor. I mean, and this is so reminding me of why that <laughs> that you know i put him close in comparison to tom baker not 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 totally but close <laughs> yeah. of course not 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 close i mean not not uh, totally. me too you know well i mean he's yeah. a gifted actor i mean even just watching his face well there was probably some tech off to the side reading it you know just like it wasn't like sophia reading it i'm sure and he had to react and you just have to watch all of his facial reactions yes. as he's reading yes. and it's just <laughs> oh my god it's terrible and poor rose is like are you okay and he's like no i'm always all right and you're like no yeah yeah <laughs> well, and he invented the banana daiquiri exactly uh, yeah. Yeah. yes and, yeah um, it, one and there of my were favorites. uh two classic who references that i counted which made me excited so okay. i made note of those all right, tell us what because i've yeah. got one okay. that i'm curious to see if it well there was one. uh the zeus plugs did you catch that one? Nope. He was talking, he was looking for his Zeus plugs and he That's said he lost right. them because they That's were maracas. 
And those are in Hand of Fear, the fourth Doctor. That's right, the Zeus plot. Yeah, and then another right. kind of weird, obscure one is um, the dress that when Renette is walking through the um, the ground, she's walking with, uh, what's her name from Merlin? Uh, they're just walking and chatting. She's wearing this yellow dress, and it's actually was originally in Black Orchid. Black Orchid. The fifth Doctor oh, story, yeah, yeah by uh, Lady Cranley. So mm. I made notes of those. Wow. Okay. So yeah. you got my. Oh, okay. I, I didn't. I didn't recognize it, but I did have that pointed out to me. So yeah, I, I, I assume the costumes turn up, you know, throughout the run of the series again and again, many times. But this oh, one yeah. is kind of. Yeah. This one's really prominent. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the nicer dress I think was like a Helen Mirren dress from I can't remember what film it was, but the yellow one that was that was Black Orchid. So and see that's sure. that's one of the things that I think is so fantastic about Doctor Who, you can have an obscure reference, that dress being one, that no current fan cares to know, would want to know, (laughs) would need to know to enjoy the story. But in the larger context of the story of Doctor Who as a show, we can sit here and talk about what we just talked about. And I think that is brilliant. Yeah. And it never ends. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah i i you know some people laugh about like putting little like easter eggs and stuff in there but i i love that <laughs> that gets me excited that that stimulates my my mind i'm like ooh, that's from that and that's from that and yeah that's why my podcast episodes are always so long because i'm talking about <laughs> all the references the connections <laughs> so well, I'm my curious. understanding is oh, that ahead. if you were in an fmri this is my understanding. If you were in an fMRI, what we would see when you're thinking about those things like that, like recognizing a dress in Black Orchid as being in Girl in the Fireplace, is actually two disparate parts of your brain that are lighting up. And that's, <laughs> it's good for you. You're creating new neural pathways. Exactly. Stuff like this actually makes us smarter. Wow. Yeah. So maybe one day we can be like Madame de Pompadour. Well, not <laughs> I don't like May you live tuberculosis, but yeah, you know, and live, no, yeah. I've, I've lived yeah. past her. I think she died at like 42 or something. 40, so, 45, I think. So I'm, I'm 45. So I'm past go. that. So good. Good. we'll see. <laughs> yeah. You don't really want to be the mistress of the King of France either. Oh, (laughs) true. Yeah, I love when the doctor's like, well, I'm the Lord of Time. (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) That's, yeah. That that may be my, uh, uh, up there in my list of great doctor lines of this, but I think this time around, nothing made me laugh harder than Rose admonishing him that he's not going to keep the horse. And the doctor says, you you got Mickey. (laughs) Yeah. Mickey. It was Mickey's Uh-oh. first proper adventure, I guess. Yeah. It is. It is. Actually, oh, and the, you know, oh, go on. We, we've been talking about that thing where companions first have an adventure at home, then they go into the future, and then they go into the past. <clears throat> and Mickey gets a spaceship first time out. But of all things, <laughs> it's a spaceship that takes you into the past. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> in the future. So you got both. Yeah. yeah, the line that made me laugh out loud, and I had totally forgotten it, was the one about um, – uh, they're coming to get Renette, the clockwork droids, and they say something like, um, uh, we're coming to get you. And she says, I will not, you know, step on your ship again or something. And she says, we do not require your feet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like so dumb, but I just mm-hmm. like laughed out loud. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's good machine thinking is no, that yeah, won't be necessary. Not, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they're all about the parts. Yeah. So just I mean, your head. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think my favorite line in episode is when the very much at the beginning, when the doctor says this is a spatio temporal hyperlink up magic door. I don't want to say magic door. (laughs) I I just want to say magic door. (laughs) Yeah. I I bust out laughing on that one. (laughs) Well, my favorite scenes are something similar to that was something that wasn't even was not even spoken, but I just thought Mickey's t-shirt was cool. Oh, the Nintendo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My wife had that T-shirt. I was like, "Oh, I know that shirt." <laughs> that but, is yeah. that one. Yeah, you know, I was wondering Wichita Falls. Yeah, which I really didn't get the which, yeah, yeah Wichita, Falls, Wichita right? Falls, Texas. I think it is. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. There's got to be a story there. Right? <laughs> yeah, maybe they went there on a you know trip we didn't see. Maybe so. <laughs> So is there anything, before we give our final reviews, uh, or our final rating, is there anything that you guys have listed as a talking point that we have not covered or that I have not mentioned? Well, the doctor says he doesn't dance. Uh, <laughs> well, they do show the bed. They do show the bed, and he comes back drunk, and he's got the, yeah. That was the ninth just, doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So, they do talk about dancing in this, so you yeah. do, but then but the the way it's set up, the shot is that we then go to a wide shot of the bedroom and she is leading him to the bed. Right. Yes. I mean it's uh mm, I know mm. Stephen Moffat has said they did not uh do the do, but um you know, it is open to interpretation. No one he broke the day glass. I'm going back there. (laughs) We don't want Rose watching. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, good Rose didn't look through that window. That would have been that would have been bad. Yeah. (laughs) Just wanted to mention that. Oh. All right. So let's give our final review, our final rating. So Nicole, ladies first, what give you one to five? Well, I, um, you know, I'm going to have to say five. This is one of my favorites. It has, yes, it has a lot of Moffatisms, but it has a lot of the Moffatisms that I really love and what I love about what he brings to Doctor Who. And so I really love the nonlinear aspects and the way it plays with time. And, and I love, as I said, the whole microcosm of the Doctor companion story. And that even though it's all kind of crappy as, uh, I think Rose says the doctor's worth the monsters. And so it's, uh, I just think it's a good character piece. It really just, even on its own, I think you could show this to someone who'd never seen the show and it would be, this encapsulates the show for me. Good point. All right, Clarence. Oh man, I'm going to have to go with maybe a 4.1. Um, I did very much enjoy this episode. Again, uh, I love the way it plays with time. I I like the light they showed the doctor in. I I really like the fact that he was connecting. I mean, pretty much what Nicole said, connecting with this random person so quickly and 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 going to great lengths to make sure that person is all right. I think it's a wonderful story. And just the time aspects I thought were really well done. I love the fact that there was a window into this other world they weren't always going over there but they were peering into this this other world which was of course earth's past and i thought that was really well done the idea of having this ship with these portals in time to different spots i thought that was really really a cool concept so yeah 4.1 all right so for me i'm going to say 
I'm going to give it a 4.25, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> the reason I'm giving it 4.25 is, number one, I have nothing to complain about for this episode. Zero. Nothing to complain about. The fact that I had forgotten that this was a good story, you know, gives it above, you know, four. But it reminded me again why I love David Tennant as the doctor. And was it a perfect story? No. Is it one that I'm going to like run to watch again? No. And that gives me that minus the 75 to get, you know, percent point zero seventy five or whatever to get to five. But I enjoyed it. I have no complaints about it. It was a solid, enjoyable story that I didn't just say, okay, I got to see half of it, lost my power, and I'm going to read the Wikipedia to find out the rest. I specifically made sure I watched it. Good for you. So, Lee, what say ye? I, I, I'm going to say 4.5. Um, I still have to bust it a bunch of points because I don't buy the doctor just turning his back on Rose and Mickey like that. And, and that is probably because I, I love Rose as much as Nicole dislikes her. (laughs) (laughs) That's always going to be a (laughs) like matter and antimatter. I was going to say, I I was thinking I was, I was going to go for magnets, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Cause we don't have to annihilate each other. No, exactly. But, um, (laughs) anyway, no, you little Daleks. But so exactly. So, so that thing, um, that thing hurts the episode, but robots also robots. Yes. So, um, yeah. And 18th century Versailles. I mean, holy smoke. Oh yeah. It, that uh, was beautiful. The, the costumes in this episode are amazing. So, yes. <laughs> and of course they're all out of storage, right? <laughs> they, they, yes. It's, the BBC can just do that when they want to send them over to Cardiff and go. Um, but yeah, 4.5. Okay. Can I edit my answer? Do, do I have permission Uh-oh. to do that? You're the host. Yeah. Okay. Your show, man. Wait, we're okay. out of time. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, 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 I'll week, make, I'll, I will make it really, really quick. I'm going to change it from 4.25 to 4.35 simply because they said the word Sarah Jane Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I can award a lot of points just because they're robots, then yeah. Yeah. So there you go. And, and that's exactly what I was thinking. If he can say robots, they said Sarah Jane. I'm going to give it more points. <laughs> All right. So for anybody listening, this has been a fun episode. Nicole, thank you for coming back on with us. Thanks for having me again. That was really fun. So if someone wanted to find out more about your podcast, how might they do that? Um, well, okay, the podcast website, okay, first of all, the podcast is, I should say the name of it. <laughs> I'll just send you randomly to a, to a website. You may even want to spell it. <laughs> yes. Um, my podcast is called Terminus, T-E-R-M-I-N-U-S, in case you need spelling. <laughs> and it's uh, at terminus.libson.com. And I'm also Terminus Cast on Twitter, or actually Radiant Baby is just me. Um, yeah, that's, those are probably the two easiest places. I mean, I'm all, I'm all over, but like Tumblr and Facebook and whatever, but it, all the links are on those two. Excellent. And they, and those links will also be in the show notes for anyone listening. And Mr. Shackelford, where m- might people find you? I'd always like to point people towards 
my radio drama series previously referenced. Um, and the website is relativitypodcast.com. And I'll mention, if I have, have a moment, that um, I know that in a show that – in a serial that's been running for a long time, it can be discouraging. You don't want to come in and, you know, so much has already happened. But when you go to our website, when you go to relativitypodcast.com, the first thing you're greeted with is a player that will take you directly to episode 21, which is a great jumping on point for relativity. So if you haven't listened to the show, let me recommend episode 21. Start from there and you'll hear me. And increasingly, as the series goes on, you'll also hear Mr. Clarence Brown. We just realized the other day that there's an episode we haven't recorded yet in which he's in it more than I am. (laughs) So... And I'm supposed to be the star, damn it. (laughs) Fire your writer. Fire your writer. Yeah, Yeah, my writer has really let me down on this one. So, So, Mr. Brown, where might others find you? I will point people, in addition to our Instagram account, which we pointed to you to a minute ago, uh, discussing you on Instagram. Also go to Patreon. Check out our Patreon account at patreon.com slash discussing network, where you can chip in a dollar if you feel so inclined. And we or would five or definitely, ten, or like. five or ten, we would definitely appreciate it. <laughs> One hundred, two hundred. Hey, <laughs> sure. Go nuts. We encourage you to go completely bananas with us. Yeah. And <laughs> we will appreciate it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But for anyone listening, uh, one thing that you could do to completely help us out is make sure you subscribe to the show to get all the latest. You can use Apple Podcast. You can use any type of podcast player that you do like and use. So please subscribe so that you do get all of our latest episodes. We would definitely appreciate it. And for all the things that Clarence and I are involved in, as well as Lee, find out at discussingnetwork.com. So again, Nicole, thank you very much for being on. Gentlemen, as always, thank you for joining me. And for everyone listening, we will be back next time. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. 
Show us you're fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.